welcome to Remotivation, a podcast about remote people working remotely and living remote lives. Yay! How are you? I'm good. How are you, Marcus? <laughs> I'm very good. Episode two. I'm excited. Yes. Okay. Who what was... did we talk about in the first episode? Uh, we talked about uh, remote work. And I have a quote. And it's uh, the future. And you can quote me on this. Um, the future is remote. Quote Marcus. <laughs> and what I mean by that is that, um, you know, we see a lot of companies now um, you know, hiring remotely. We see a lot of companies going remote first. We'll come back to that later. But you know, there's there's a lot of interesting trends, and a lot of people are are seeking these jobs. So I think that's that's interesting. That's an interesting you know topic. Yes, and I think there are three really important things that goes into that that uh, makes it uh, a really promising future. I mm-hmm. think, and the first one is that uh, it gives you a possibility for freedom. Because life doesn't happen in the office um, and being constrained to being in the same location every day is maybe not the most inspiring or productive um, thing to do because you miss out on a lot of things. Um, the other thing is that you can actually build a global team or get access to global talent, uh, which allows you to build a better startup or a better company. And the last thing is that it's actually also more sustainable Yeah. because you don't need to travel to have meetings anymore. At least not as much. Yeah. So you, uh, lower, you, you lower your carbon footprint. And for all those people who are spending two hours a day commuting, commuting. Yeah, yeah, to work, that but, uh, is hopefully over, or it should be in but, the next couple of years. But one of your employees, so, so you know, we actually met through a guy, and he's one of your employees, and he has an interesting story about his his granddad. Uh, we'll let him tell it, but maybe you could sort of take the short version. Yeah, well, I think he's. Uh, uh, he's living the remote uh, lifestyle to the full uh, because he doesn't want to have the same experience as his grandfather have with working to get the gold watch, <laughs> working for 40 years at the same company and then uh, retiring. Yeah. But when you retire, you don't have the health uh, anymore to go travel the world. And yeah, and this was the actual person. In Bangkok. Who, yeah, this was the actual person getting an actual, you know, gold a watch. golden watch. Yes, <laughs> so I think... Um, our generation uh, is is much more interested in exploring how how you can have a more flexible work life. So that's what we want to encourage with this podcast and and help people out yeah, with getting I'm, closer to that. I am so I was we were talking about this before. I'm so excited about this topic because you know I think it's not only is are are we living the life. I think you know uh, increasing number of people are going to do the same. And, you know, nobody has the answers to, you know, how do we do this? Like, what's going on? Uh, you know, what's the best practice? What's the next practice? All that stuff. And uh, so, yeah. But you know so many people, but uh, <laughs> you actually know some of the people who are working in what we call remote first companies. Yeah. Can you yeah. tell us a bit what is that? Uh, so interesting thing is I heard about this term remote first. I think it was like maybe two years ago. And this was through my startup weekend network. And someone, you know, you know, name dropped like remote first. And uh, I think I saw like uh, close after I saw someone using the re- the remote first hashtag. And I was like, okay, what, what is this remote first? But it t- turns out, you know, companies that have gone fully remote, so they have no HQ, they have no location, they, there is no office. The employees simply find, you know, a cafe or they find, they might rent an office, but that's, you know, that's on the employee themselves. 
So these are remote first companies. And it turns out there's actually quite a few in the world. Um, and and we'll, uh, you know, we'll, next week we'll have Magnus from uh, Automatic. He's going to join us and he's going to talk about, you know, his journey, uh, which I'm really looking forward to. Yeah, it's such a cool story how they just started and didn't meet up until several months later. Yeah, that's that's crazy. That's crazy. They actually did. So 16 months uh, went. They actually started a company without even, uh, ever having met. So, it's, yeah, it's interesting in your story. And, and, you know, from that, I think it's going to be really interesting to look at, you know, talking to companies who's, who's hiring remote first and, you know, w- what are they looking for? In, in candidates, right? And how do they make the organizations work? And there's also a lot of um, kind of legal barriers um, and regulatory barriers for this. Uh, I yeah. heard one story about some founders who had to start working remotely because they can, couldn't get job visas to live in the US. Okay. And uh, and I think that's the case for a lot of people. Yeah. Um, yeah. So it opens up a whole new world of uh, possibilities. And I know for a fact that Automatic, I think they have employees from 40 different countries. So, you know, imagine the you know, complexity of... You and know, diversity. Just... In Appearin, we do a lot of research, obviously, on, on the pain that, pains that remote uh, companies are experiencing or remote teams. Mm-hmm. Um, and what we see is that a lot of companies including ourselves they start out kind of at the ground level level one where you're located in an office all your employees so is this in the is same the, office this is the graph yeah we have like a ladder framework where yeah. we have levels yeah. that companies move up through uh where the top is uh, remote first yeah yeah <laughs> and the ground level is kind of everyone's in an office or the same office so my old company <laughs> yeah a lot of like most companies actually yeah and none of the tools and processes are really adapted for anyone not being in the office. Yeah. Um, and then you have a level two where you can have remote workers by necessity, either because you need to set up an office in a different geography, geography mm-hmm. or because one person has to move or um, different reasons. And you kind of make an exception, uh, but that person is the exception. So you don't really change the tools and processes, but that person has to adapt to make it work. Mm-hmm. But then you have the level above where you actually kind of acknowledge that someone is remote and you try to start adapting, uh, getting tools to handle it. And you also change your processes to make sure you include that person in the same way as you include the people in the office. Uh, and you can also you maybe also start considering remote candidates when you're hiring. Mm-hmm. But then uh, the level four. Yeah, uh, which is uh, remote first, and this is, is the barrier. Like, <laughs> yeah, that's uh, there's not a lot of companies there yet, but yeah. I think we're gonna see a really big yeah. increase in that over the next years, mm-hmm. and maybe we can help with getting more people to that level. Of course, uh, is where all the tools and processes are rigged for people not being in an office, um, and if one person is remote, everyone's on remote uh, or is acting like you're remote. Yeah, yeah. Uh, actually, uh, actually, um, uh, Magnus had a had a good story. Uh, about this so so uh, they had a lot of people in the office and they were all sort of sharing a computer because they were on you know uh, a, a face call or a um, conference call and they actually uh, had this policy where people weren't allowed to share a screen because it, it, it didn't have that right dynamic right because suddenly you're you're a lot of people in one screen and and you know it takes away the yeah i mean you miss out on the body language of all the people you not yeah, showing yeah. in front of the yeah. camera um so there's a lot of like these small things that just make the remote participants feel excluded mm. uh, and that they don't get as engaged as yeah. the people who are in the room 
So, uh, but there's a lot of things happening now on the tools side, at least, yeah. um, to make it possible. Um, and one really cool thing that we uh, recently launched together with uh, Trello is to make it possible to have an interactive Trello board open inside Appearin. And that actually solves the problem. And collaborate okay. on it. So cool. one of the like notoriously hard problems with remote teams has been to have workshops. Yeah. Because you can't really hang post-its on a wall yeah, yeah, when you're yeah. remote. Oh, fascinating. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, now you can actually open up a Trello board inside an appearance video call yeah, and yeah. people can add cards and vote on cards and sort cards. That's super interesting, yeah. We just we ran a workshop with our team using it, and everyone was blown away because it worked so well. So I think we're, and also because the tools integrate so well, um, you can just experiment with uh, with uh, yeah, combinations yeah. of tools. Yeah. But uh, Marcus, what is your favorite tool well, for collaborating b- remotely besides Trello and Appearin? Um, hmm, let me see. So definitely, okay. So the Google Suite with Google, you know, documents and, and slides and, and just adding people into the document and you can write simultaneously. That was just like, whoa, that's amazing. And, you know, and uh, most importantly, you don't have to send versions back and forth and rename them. And I know, I know. Track changes and because uh, everything is in the suite, right? And, and you can comment, you can see what other people oh, have commented on. Yeah. So we actually run uh, every other week. We have like a demo and retrospective for our yeah. team. And a lot of the times we have had the retrospective where, where people should, are saying one yeah. or some positive things yeah. about the last uh, sprint and yeah. a couple of negative th- things if yeah. they are having challenges or okay. something. Cool. And we've done that a couple of times in the Google Doc. So you can see like uh, 15 people writing at the same time, just adding like a crazy amount of bullet points. Cool. But uh, yeah, and then... I get excited. I, I literally get excited when I like when there's so much action happening in it. And, and it's actually fun. You know, before it was really boring writing documents. Now it's actually quite fun. Yes. So, uh, yeah, that's one. And then uh, I would say Podio is perhaps. Uh, what is Podio? So Podio is uh, online collaboration tool similar to Trello, but it's more sophisticated. And it has more functions and you can actually pretty, you know, sophisticatedly uh, map out processes in your own company and there's integrations and stuff. So you, you can you can pull a lot of interesting things from Podio. And, you know, if, if you're working with your marketing, um, like your budgets, your marketing funnel, your your uh, your projects, uh, you know, tracking so that's another really nice thing about kind of tools that is also solving one of the big problems with uh remote work or remote collaboration and that is actually visualizing the work that is happening yeah great point because when you're not in the same office you don't see people working and you can't uh, go over and kind of tap them on the shoulder and ask uh, how are you doing on that thing so but with the new are you working on that thing (laughs) (laughs) are you done with that thing But uh, but with like Slack and uh, and GitHub, for example, you can have uh, an integration yeah. that just yeah. uh, every time a pull request gets um, merged, uh, you will see it in the Slack yeah. channel. Yeah. Uh, and on uh, a lot of different integration as well, Trello. It, it's um, interesting how people, because that's, an, and we can probably do an, uh, an entire episode on this yeah, one probably. specific uh, topic, but how people are like, oh, how are you going to track people? How are you going to measure? I think like with remotes, you know, there's even greater uh, length. You can you can track people's work to 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 endless 
you know lengths right and, and it's, maybe it's maybe the opposite will actually happen it's it's a problem we can we can monitor it so much so how do we protect employees right yeah and that's another uh, or it's both a positive thing with remote work and a, and a challenge because yeah. some people thrive when they can uh, work uh, in their own kind of environment if you're a bit introverted or you work with something that requires a lot of concentration you may be more productive if you're working from home yeah. or by yourself and yeah. not in an open office environment. Yeah. Um, but um, yeah, but I think they, they call this the imposter syndrome. So, so, um, so people, and it's actually quite known in, in remote working is, is when, when you feel, you know, nobody's tracking your progress or can see you work and you feel that you're not doing, uh, you know, you're not pulling your weight, right? So um, I think that could be uh, also an interesting topic to explore. Yeah, but the the challenging side is that it's also uh, you need to decide when to stop working. Yeah, yeah. And turn off at uh, five or six o'clock and start making dinner. That's um, it. That's it. And so there's there's so many f- you know aspects of this that you know needs to be. We need to, so I think we need to talk about it more, and, and luckily we're going to be doing that over the next couple of weeks. <laughs> Absolutely, and we're not going to just talk about the positive side. We're also going to dive into the Absolutely. challenges. Absolutely, and uh, yeah, and you had a question for me actually with the uh, was that last episode or was this episode with the uh, if I if I actually worked when I was in Australia? Yeah, if you were as productive <laughs> when you were working in Australia. Yeah. So we'll come back to that, but uh, I could say, safely say uh, I'm not sure. <laughs> cool, but okay. you were maybe more happy. I was I was I was so happy. And I think that's uh that's a very important part of it as well. Yes. Cool. Okay. I think um that's that's it for round 2 and uh for round 3 we'll like I said we're, we're lucky to have Magnus from Automatic join us uh which will share some insights into, you know, his journey. Looking forward to that. Yeah, <laughs> me too. All right. Have a great day everybody. Bye. <laughs> yeah.